This is Making Stitches. This week we hear from crochet designer and editor of Simply Crochet magazine, Sarah Huntington, who told me about the increasing numbers of people who are getting hooked on crochet. I'm just so happy that more people are discovering it, because obviously as a crocheter and a, and a creator, I, I, I'm, I'm convinced it's the, it's the, um, the answer to life itself, so, uh, you know, and, and, and a stress-free existence. So um, I think that uh, I'm just thrilled that other people have, have, have found that way of, of relieving their stress and creating lovely things for their families. Hello and welcome to this first episode of Making Stitches in 2021 and a very happy new year. I hope you had a good Christmas under the circumstances. Mine was made all the more special by the fact the Christmas episode of Making Stitches had a truly marvellous response. I'm so grateful for that. If you haven't had a chance to catch it yet, though, it's still available online to listen to, as well as all the other previous episodes of Making Stitches in all the usual podcast places. Now to this episode and crochet. The Christmas break allowed me the time to get reacquainted with my crochet hooks and complete a couple of projects, and I know I'm not alone. Crochet has seen a resurgence in popularity lately, perhaps thanks to the pandemic and the restrictions which force us to find pastimes closer to home and that are mindful and soothing during troubling times. One person who is well-placed to bear witness to that increase in popularity is Sarah Huntington, the editor of Simply Crochet magazine. Last month, she found time to speak to me in amongst deadlines and preparations for future issues, and she told me how she first got into crochet herself. I've always, always made things. That's just When, when I was little, I was always making things, usually with yarn. I remember the knitting Nancy. I was I persevered with the knitting Nancy longer than anyone else I know, and I ended. <laughs> I've got miles of it, <laughs> but um, <laughs> so I was always doing things, and um, I learned to knit. And my mum sent me to my auntie Joan to learn to knit because she was left-handed, and I'm also left-handed. So um, I, I've always done done things like that, and then I started crocheting. Um, I was visiting my mother-in-law for a weekend uh, in the in the Lake District. It was absolutely pouring with rain and windy and blustery and awful. And my husband went out with his mum to take the kids up the road. And I thought, I'm not going, it's too cold and windy. So I stayed at home and I, I was just sort of sorting a few things out. And I found an old leaflet, Teach Yourself to Crochet. But it was very, very dated. And there was only pictures. There was only, they were quite difficult to follow. And I, but I happened to have some yarn with me, so off I went. And I don't think I've ever put my crochet down since, and that was 20 years ago. Blimey. <laughs> <laughs> it was very yeah. fortuitous then, that uh, that rainy walk for your family. Yes, it was, yes, yeah. So that's got, got me started. I've still got the thing I made. I think I was making a doll's blanket for one of the uh, the kids, um, and uh, it's all wonky, and it goes it goes in a triangle because I didn't know about the turning chain, etc. So, but But, yeah. Hooked is the right word. <laughs> so what was it then that, that got you to continue with your craft? And you, you took it a step further a little while later by publishing patterns and also yeah. teaching people. Yes. So, well, OK, so that's a bit of a story. So basically, I've always just made things. And we 
I've always done that just for myself. And the bit that you were alluding to, I think it was just, I, w- I, w- I was always the one listening to Croatia. My friends thought I was a bit strange because sort of in the 90s, no one did it. In the early 2000s, no one did it, but I was still doing it just because I enjoyed it. Um, but it really wasn't a big part of my life. And I was busy running around. I've got three children. I was raising the children. I was trying to work. We were moving house and, you know, all the things that sort of young parents do and that kind of thing. And I ended up um, living in Bath and I was working in a job that took me to London all the time. And I didn't I didn't really enjoy the job that much. And I, I had to get the train, sometimes punishingly early. I think I used to have to get on the 541. Ooh. <laughs> I know, to London, and, and sometimes three or four times a week. Anyway, so to get me through it, because I'd get on a train with all these 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 men who basically unclip their briefcases and bring out their papers and whatnot. And I was just, oh, I can't, you know, it's too early for me. So I just thought, well, I'll, I'll, I'll take my knitting and crochet. So I, I, I started doing that and I was just churning out the projects because I was doing so much traveling and that was fantastic. And then I, and then I was thinking, you know, what, what am I doing with my life? What's happening? And I thought, well, what you have to do is focus on what really makes you happy. What, what is it that really makes you happy? And I thought, well, creating things makes me happy and specifically making things with yarn <laughs> makes me happy. <laughs> so so I'm just going to focus on that. And if I put that out there and think about that, and if an opportunity comes my way to do with something like that, I'm going to say yes. I'm not going to think twice about it. And I remember that was a very conscious decision. I thought, how can I change the trajectory of my life? Well, I'll just say yes <laughs> to the things that I want to say yes to. So shortly after that... Um, there was a new yarn shop opened up near us called Woolbath. It's a really lovely shop. And they were having, um, they were doing knit alongs and things like that. So I went along and she said, oh, do you want to be in a magazine with one of your projects? So I said, yes, <laughs> because I had to. <laughs> and uh, and we ended up, I think they were just doing a focus on knitting groups and stuff. So I had one of my projects in then. And I started going to the knitting group regularly. Then I got, because I was there regularly, they'd say, well, do you want to, um, uh, do you want to um, work in the shop? I worked in the shop one day a week. Do you want to start teaching? I did that. And it was all making me very happy. And then when we were in the shop, I was working there one day a week. It was, I, had, I worked four days a week and I had a day off, but I chose to work in Woolbath. I absolutely loved it. And all the people from the magazines used to come in and get their yarn. So I got to know them all. And um, really, that's sort of how it happened. And I, start, that, I started designing for them, that's, and that's how I really got, got to know everybody and, and then it, it ended up getting the commissioning editor and then editor's job. Wow. Yeah. It sounds like you're living your dream then. Uh, well, I, I was. I mean, it was quite amazing. I, mean, my, I remember my husband, because I was, I was basically trying to do my four-day-a-week job and do, designing two projects a month for the magazine. I was under the kids and everything. I was a bit busy. And my, my, I remember my husband saying to me, why are you doing this? And, and working the shop. <laughs> and he said, why are you doing this? And I said, I don't know, but there's definitely a reason. I feel like I'm on some kind of path. There's definitely a reason I'm doing it. I had no idea what it was. I had no idea that it was going to take me into the magazine or anything like that. I just knew that I had to do it and I was really enjoying it and that was really important. I did everything else just to sort of live and the, the, the yarn stuff was what was making me happy. So, yeah, so I knew it was sort of going somewhere and uh, and it did. And he, he, he was a bit, he sort of poo-pooed, he, he was supportive, but he was a bit kind of, well, I don't know why you're doing that. And then eventually I came home and said, well, I actually got a job, I'm commissioning editor with a and he went, oh, okay, <laughs> it was going somewhere, yep. <laughs> Your persistence paid off then, goodness me. Yeah. 
that's really interesting that you you made that decision that you had to do something that made you happy because that is something that so many of my guests speak about the importance of their craft for mental health and for for making them happy so that's obviously something that's worked for you it was and I think I just I mean like so many people and this is the thing about being the editor of the magazine it's wonderful because there's I found I found my tribe you know people who've discovered craft like that they know this and we all have that in common but you know crochet was my like peaceful place and creating stuff with yarn is my peaceful place so um and then I discovered talking books well knitting and listening to and crocheting and listening to talking books I mean honestly it's such a such a lovely sort of space to be in and everybody needs to de-stress I mean you know we talk about specific mental health issues and all that and, and obviously but but life itself is stressful and we're all running around especially this year let's face it um but we're all running around trying to do a million and one things and we're all busy and we don't have time to relax and just be and and crochet is a kind of enforced being just letting letting us sit with ourselves and 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 passively create something it's just it's just great well it's actively isn't there when you're in a designing phase and all of that it's quite active but then when you're just going row after row after row it's just passive creating I love it yeah it's wonderful you can process so many complex ideas if you're not listening to a book at the time (laughs) but you know you can let your mind just drift can't you and and then all of a sudden those problems or issues that were at the back of your mind suddenly just sort themselves out it's magic isn't it absolutely and in this day and age you know people who just sit probably watch the tv or something like that but that's that's noise and information coming in whereas crochet is really like a quiet space and you know i think that it's it's yeah it's wonderful so would you have any advice for somebody who might be wanting to do a a similar thing to you follow you know follow their craft into a professional field yeah well yeah i mean it's a difficult one i mean i just made the decision that's that I that's what made me happy and I wanted to do and I just went for it and I think that really there's so many different paths you can you can follow into it but the, when I I'm always looking for designers and we, we we you know I see I look at Instagram and all the places and, and blogs and whatnot that, that people put out there and you can you can tell the people that love it I mean there it just shines through and if you love something and you're committed to it and they go hand in hand don't they um, then it just shines through and that energy come, comes out. So if you're wanting to be a designer and you, and you, you love it, you just keep churning out the projects, you'll, you'll get noticed, you'll get found, especially in this wonderful day and age of, of, of the social media that you can get your stuff out there. Um, and uh, if designing for a magazine is something you want to do, then just keep, you know, do what you're doing. And quite often designers find themselves a little niche as well and I quite admire that. Some, some designers are good all-rounders and they're fantastic as well but some designers really find themselves a niche so you know we've, we, we've got some amazing amigurumists that I work with, just unbelievable and, and all they make is amigurumi and they boy have they perfected that art absolutely fantastic and, um, and then there's other there's this, this particularly popular at the moment is mosaic crochet and there's some fantastic uh, designs out there, people who've really just like, the, the, the sort of the, the way of constructing mosaic crochet and the, and the amazing possibility for geometric patterns that that presents they've just got it, they've just absolutely got it and they produce these amazing things um, so yeah, so if you love what you do um, it'll shine through, don't worry and just keep at it if it's in your heart 
Now, Sarah, you've just touched on a few of the many different facets of crochet that there are. How on earth do you make a decision when you're faced with all these tons of beautiful patterns to actually think, well, I'm going to use this, this and this in the next issue and, you know, choose? Yeah, that's difficult. That's difficult. I'm not going to lie. So some of the things, sometimes, okay, don't despair designers, but sometimes it does just come down to practical things. So how long is the pattern? Um, I recently approached a designer. She'd done this amazing thing, and I I, I just met her and said, I'd love to do something. And she said, I'm just going to warn you, my pattern's 46 pages long. Okay, maybe we can't use that. So there are, and that's an extreme example, but there are practical considerations. So it has to be something concise. Um, Also, things that um, are are beautiful, and there are many of these things, beautiful but look achievable. You can't, you know, you can can operate within a spectrum of easy to hard, but you can't put something out that people think, oh, just, you know, that's going to be too much. So um, I think find the patterns that have the most appeal are ones that look great, absolutely fantastic. People think, I could do that. And part of our job is showing people that they can. Um, And then sometimes it's seasonal. So obviously I probably wouldn't run a great big woolly sweater in the in the summer um so i'm looking for seasonal content and 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 sometimes i just group it's about grouping things together and it's about looking at what is trending at the time and keeping the content fresh that's something i, I quite I'm, I'm very conscious of is I, I want to offer new things all the time so i'm constantly we have something in simply crucial called the collection where it's a collection of projects over, it runs over, it got six images, it's all in the same yarn. And that's quite a good sort of way for me to sort of change direction and put something new in front of people, you know. So we, we might do sort of accessories one time and then we can switch and do something completely different the next one and then have a more sort of amigurumi-based one the next one so people are seeing something different. So I try not to do too much of the same in sequence. So that all those things go into the melting pot and somehow... <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant. Now, I can imagine you must meet some absolutely fascinating people in your line of work and you get to squish the most amazing amount of yarn. What would you say is your favourite part of your job? Oh, gosh. Do you know, that's so difficult. There, there's so many parts that I love. I, I think, OK, so let's start here. One of the things that I've really missed this year, being 2020 and all, <laughs> is, um, is not getting out to the show's not being able to meet my designers. Um, we, there's, 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 there's trade fairs that we go to as a team um, which in which we meet all the manufacturers and they show us new yarns, and, and that's always amazing. Then there's other shows like Yarndale and places like that where we meet designers and we meet the public, which is absolutely fantastic as well. Um, local designers I tend to get together with as, as well. And on all of that, I've missed so much because... You know, it is it, part of the job is meeting people that actually do the craft and being inspired by what the, what the manufacturers are producing, what their new ranges bring, where they think the trends are. That's always, and you know, we get to see fashion shows usually and all that kind of stuff, and that's just so inspiring, and that's what fills the pot for us to come back and, and, and bring it out in the magazine. I've been able to do so much of that this year. Um, so if you ask me right now, I would say that was probably my favourite part of the job. Exactly. <laughs> I miss it but um, I love I love working with designers because they're such creative people um one thing that, that I suppose the one thing I'm saddest about when I when I because of the job is so full-on it's a 
really full on job. We do 13 issues a year and, um, you know, we're constantly in a cycle of, of publishing and commissioning and all that. And it's great. I love every minute of it. But my designers have to take a back seat because of that, because I just don't give it the time. However, and then I'm a bit sad about that, but I my creative pot gets filled by all the wonderful designers that I work with and seeing what they come up with and there's, you know, I just give them, I just sort of pop them an idea and that's it. Suddenly all this creativity will come firing back at me. Um, and that's just, that's just great. Absolutely love it. And I also love working with a wonderful team of people that we have. And it's, it's, it's funny, um, putting a magazine together, you, you really work as part of a team. You have to. I sort of said to somebody that I, th- I think it feels like a really long three-legged race. You can't, no, no one can get too far forward without pulling else over or someone's lagging too far back. So you all have to sort of move and step along. So it requires really good communication and understanding of each other and support, mutual support. And of course, and we have all that. I'm so lucky with the people that work on Super Crochet. So I really enjoy being part of a team. And again, that's something I've missed, not being in the office and being able to see them face to face. But we have developed some pretty cunning ways to keep in touch and do what we've got to do so this is so 20 we have 2020 to thank for that i suppose indeed i think everybody's had to think outside the box this year haven't they and, yeah. and find a way through yeah steep learning curve on all sorts of fronts so yeah that's been that's been interesting and, and for highly collaborative things like working on a magazine it's 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 been a challenge um but uh you know we've done it and pretty proud of that <laughs> Now, talking of 2020 and the fact that everybody's life has changed over the past 12 months or so, and a lot more people have found they've had a lot of time on their hands when they've not been able to socialise and and do lots of things that they normally would. Have you seen a correlation in in uptake of interest in crochet and in Simply Crochet as a consequence? Yes, definitely. Across all our um, yarn and indeed craft titles because um simply crochet is run by media media which which has a lot of craft titles and so we get a lot of sort of um statistics and uh, intelligence from across all, all the titles that we have and there's been a general uptick um crochet crochet are, are people have subscribed and bought digital versions that's gone through the roof because obviously shops were closed wh smith's was closed and you know in the first in lockdown one <laughs> all these sort of outlets were closed so we saw a huge uptick in subs, people subscribing. So that's been really good. And I'm just, I'm just so happy that more people are discovering it because obviously, as a crocheter and a, and a creator, I, I, I'm, I'm convinced it's the, it's the, um, the answer to life itself. So uh, you know, and and, and a stress-free existence. So um, I think that uh, I'm just thrilled that other people have, have, have found that way of, of relieving their stress and creating lovely things for their families. I think us makers are quite evangelical about it, aren't we, really? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I know. It's, I mean, I, not in, in day to day, you know, the kids will just roll their eyes if I start going on about it. But if someone asks me about it, I, 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 yeah, it's, it's, it's a wonderful thing. Absolutely. Now, looking ahead to 2021, can you uh, give away any secrets of uh, what we can in, expect to see in Simply Crochet coming up in the next few months? Yes, well, we've got lots of exciting things to look forward to. I can't tell you about all of them, but um, I, I can say that we've probably got a new crochet along um, uh, in the pipeline, which will be a very exciting, a, a wonderful design by a wonderful designer. I've just seen some, some sneak previews of it. So um, that's something to look forward to. That's probably coming a bit later in the year. Uh, and also for Amigurumi fans, I, um, if people enjoyed the Peter Rabbit 
uh, supplement that we did with those classic characters. The designer was Ilaria Kaliri, and she did an amazing job bringing those characters to life. Um, And so we're going to extend that collection, so you can look forward to four more popular characters from Beatrix Potter books. Oh, wonderful. Oh, she's such a talented designer, isn't she? I've made quite a few of her things, and they're incredible. Absolutely. I've worked with Ilaria quite a lot, and the thing I liked about the Peter Rabbit was that she's managed to capture the essence of the characters, but not make them overcomplicated and too fussy. Now, what about you personally? What are your crochet plans for 2021? Have you got any designs up your sleeve that you'd like to create in the pipeline? That's so difficult. I think there's probably about four designs per issue that I absolutely have to make. Do I get to make them? No. <laughs> I just, I just don't have the time. And as I said before, like the making aspect uh, has had to take a back seat just because it's so all-consuming um, doing the math. But I, I, it's more than compensation to, to be able to work with this every day and work with the people that I do every day. I, I, I don't mind if I do make something. I usually make something for the magazine. Um, I give myself a deadline and off I go um, because. I have an idea of something I'd really like to put in. And so probably I'll do a bit more of that. I do knit as well. So, and quite often, I know it sounds silly, but to have a break from crochet, which I've been doing all day, I sometimes do knit. So at the moment I'm making a, um, uh, it's called the Renunculus. I can't remember, it was Midori, I think. Um, It's a Ravelry pattern and it's really good. I've made it before, so I'm just making it again in a different yarn. Um, So I'm enjoying doing that and yeah. So not not I don't I, I I've learned not to be too ambitious with my crochet makes because I because time is so limited. But I enjoy it so much and I, I, I make small sometimes I make little groomy things for family and friends as well. Yeah, yeah, they're so easy to make. You can do them yeah. in an almost in an evening sometimes, the very small ones, can't you? And they're wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> I am an addict. I've crocheted so many things, but in actuality it never quite gets there. But um, now, I have to ask, um, do you have um, a whip that you're ashamed of that's been uh, knocking around for a long time, or are you incredibly efficient and you manage to tick off jobs no, as you do them? No, no, I'm a terrible uh, one for starting, and I, I, well, I, I'll leave a lot around, but then I'll, I'll come back to them and I'll unravel them, because I'm just like, oh, I'm never good at it. So I do, I do sort them out. They don't sit in the cupboard for years, but I'm terrible for that. If I, if I, you know that feeling where you lose the love? Yes. <laughs> I um, yeah. If you lose the love, I, I I find that really difficult. So I'm I was supposed to be working on a bag for my daughter, and that's been sitting there for a good for a good six weeks because I started something else. Don't tell her. Um, yeah. No. So I do. I do. I haven't. Have I got a really awful one? Mm, no, because I would have unravelled it. <laughs> Shame. <laughs> You're very wise. <laughs> Oh, well, Sarah, thank you so much for speaking to me for Making Stitches. It's been a real treat to speak to you. Oh, well, it's a pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you again, Sarah. I loved hearing about your creative journey and how your determination to keep crocheting and saying yes led you to where you are now. I, for one, will be taking that advice on board and will be braver about following my dreams. If you'd like to find out more about Simply Crochet magazine, I'll include a link in the show notes for this episode and Sarah's Instagram details as well. 
Thank you very much for listening. If you've enjoyed the podcast, please consider liking, subscribing or even leaving a review on your favourite podcast app. Pauline Breakwell did. She says she's only just recently discovered making stitches, but she's totally hooked and it's introduced her to many different creative crafters. Thank you, Pauline. I'm really pleased to hear that. Well, that's it for this week. I'll be back again in two weeks' time with another episode of Making Stitches featuring another inspiring maker. My name's Lindsay and this podcast was recorded and edited by me. You can also find me on my blog, Postcard from Gibraltar. Thanks again for listening and until next time, keep safe and enjoy your crafting.